0: in three Shoot, two one action that's our camera we need to be looking at ladies and gentlemen the weekday episode 60 something is back in your ears back on your screen wow. this it's cup in, actually your, has your, your tea ear, your ear hole yeah this
1: <laughs> i this eyes. cup has tea
0: decaf tea in it so i don't know where this bur- sudden burst of energy is coming from what's the point uh because it's throat coat oh it's the fake throat coat it's the it's the public's version of it <laughs> so okay. wait, wait, why coat? is, po- is public's po- version
1: fake Faux huh?
0: why is that fake Uh, because it does, does not taste like throw coat. Yeah. Um, in your ears. No, it, it does not taste. So throw coat has a good licorice type flavor to it. I wouldn't say Uh, it's good. It has a licorice type flavor to it. This does not, it almost, it's like it's the Splenda version of sugar basically. Yeah. There's like a weird aftertaste to it. So anyway, uh, welcome to episode 60 something of the weekday. Uh, we have a prime directive here in the creative department to tell stories. Um, that's kind of what we do as a creative department. We like to tell the story of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us in our lives today. However, we're going to be telling you the stories of who we are, um, because we're going to resurrect something that we haven't done in a while. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he already did that. Like I was, that was two, th- two thousand it, some odd years ago.
1: It's been a while. It is. <laughs> <laughs> is he coming back I 2000 just, years Actually speaking it's been a while and you're not wrong
0: um before we get going any further thanks for watching this on youtube if you are watching this or on facebook and if you are on spotify uh there it is hey, and, or apple music or anywhere you get your fine podcast thank you so much i'm andy that over there oh my gosh we haven't done this I know. yet. i'm i'm michael and that guy on the wheels of steel is hey i'm justin that's justin over there with the road <laughs> hat is it road a or road
2: uh, road. I just—I've always called it road. Oh, yeah, yeah. day mm. That's—it's got the weird like the, the umlaut thing on the o. o. No, yeah. it's
1: not an umlaut. No,
2: that's the double that's dots. The, yeah, it's
1: mm. the two.
0: Why up here? well that's where his head is <laughs> that's where the hat is anyway we're going to resurrect yeah. something that we like to call <laughs> hot takes hot takes ladies and gentlemen we are bringing back hot takes for this episode in this episode only just real quick though because for right now well,
1: uh, part of the reason is because like what we're going to talk about later is like kind of a downer so we're going <laughs> to so so we
0: bring it up no, yeah. real quick yeah absolutely yeah. um and we do yeah we'll get to that in a minute but um Mike, I want to kick it to you, or Uh do you want me to get through a hot take first? Uh, Let me give you an example of what a hot take actually is, because for the uninitiated, we did an entire episode back on, like, episode forty or fifty. I said I
1: had two, and I can't remember the second one. Cool. So I remember the first one though. (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm going to give you just an
0: example. So a hot take is commonly something that um, public, the public may say is good, but you might go, "I don't think it's good." So for example, the public says that uh, soft tacos are better than crunchy tacos, but I disagree. The crunchy taco is the superior. Of all of the tacos.
1: I mean, mm. I don't, I mean, I... This is a light, this is a light smattering I would of say, hot say. I would say a grilled soft taco. Yes. That's yep. not like a mm-hmm. quesadilla, though. I know, mm. but it's no, not. No, I agree.
2: That's, Thank you. That is superior. De- then you,
0: then you okay. get then you the get best of both the worlds there. Listen, you are not in the age that I am at where... I'm <laughs> not
1: in the age that you are at. Where <laughs> when you get home from you. work,
0: you need to make sure that you throw the old El Paso... Uh, and public salsa on the table on a Tuesday and go, all right, guys, it's, it's dinner. What
1: does this have anything to do with
0: your age? Because we're at the age now (laughs) where I need to throw the stuff down on the table real quick because we've got four other places to run. So, uh, okay. out of all of those, I would much rather have a
1: hard taco okay. than yeah. a soft I mean, taco. It's, it's all, about, it's basically, but it's like it's everything my else. my hot take. No, it's like everything else. It's up at the content. <laughs> you know, like the delivery doesn't matter so much as the content. Mark Comer, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, all right, mm.
0: uh, Justin, what's your hot take? Ooh, all right. So I... Talk on the microphone, just so we have the level for me. Oh, yeah. There that's we true. go. <laughs> hey. There
1: we go. I was, just, I was looking at the... Podcasting one But yeah, I can't, I can't talk see you to the microphone. I was, I was looking, looking at the I, things and going like, like, this guy's yeah. not
0: bouncing over here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm all over the place. All right. I am sick and tired oh. of... COVID. <laughs> what is that? The word <laughs> vanilla Ooh. being associated with bland. Oh, all right. And that is the superior ice oh, cream whoa 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 <laughs> no, no, now I, I i
1: agree with you this is the, yeah, vanilla is this. not the superior ice cream oh for That's sure the base if you are going to go with a base ice cream uh-huh. and then put stuff in it but there's a speak, reason vanilla it must is, be
0: vanilla but there's a reason that vanilla is associated with basic because it is the base
1: no it it is mm. a foundation you wouldn't call you don't call like a foundation to, a good foundation to a home basic mm-hmm. and with a negative connotation hold on, hold on. i
0: don't think we're debating okay i will go i will go this path with you the beginning of all good ice creams starts with vanilla
1: absolutely but it doesn't mean it's
0: the superior ice cream <laughs> i mean Ooh, no it's, it's not just, this is a this is not even a straw man argument this is a bad argument because you are you're <laughs> missing is, is a data argument. points <laughs> if you are saying out of chocolate vanilla and strawberry the three kind of Base ice creams, then yes, it is the superior. However, which means
1: it should not have a negative connotation. I feel like it's very easy. See, because it's seen as like bland. I feel like one of the reasons
2: for that is really just because of the color, honestly,
1: right? Because like the taste is anything but bland. Yeah, I mean, it's the number one flavor in the world internationally Mm, of all time. Thank you. Sure, Sure. that's because 14 other flavors are made from it. I'm just saying. My favorite
0: ice cream in
2: the world, chocolate chip cookie dough. Is yeah. made from right. vanilla, right? No, but then, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's made from vanilla. Like I feel like cookie dough almost isn't a flavor of ice cream. It's just something that you put inside of vanilla yeah. ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like the, the I feel like you are vanilla. very wrong.
0: I feel like you are very wrong. <laughs> and I, my hot take is Justin doesn't know anything about food so hold or on, movies. Hold on, hold on.
2: so if, <laughs> so if I have like, um, let's say strawberries uh-huh. all right oh and i chop out. up some burn strawberries it. yeah burn it <laughs> yeah it's not strawberry ice cream no i get uh, that's it True, get you don't it. like you don't like fruit yeah all right i don't well, like bad things mm, gummy bears yeah right? it's it's gummy no gummy bears. have you ever been to cold stone and they put the the gummy bear no What's for see, some it, reason th- that's what popped in my head but then i never actually like i never it's like that, chewing it's a chewing a brick i, I that understand what you're saying though i
1: understand what you're saying though we need to remove gummy bear flavored ice cream there's just gummy bears in it it's the same with cookie dough i'm on board with you yeah thank you yeah Okay, go with your hot take, Mike, because okay. I'm getting tired of this. Okay. So mine 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 skews negative. Oh, um cool. As if a hot take skews positive. Yeah, say. <laughs> um, so most people like go to a beach and they're afraid of you know getting in the water because of what, sharks? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um stingrays. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> Here's my hot take. You should not be afraid of any of those things what you should be afraid of shells brain eating amoebas because <laughs> <laughs> okay. they're they're rampant Zero zero news nothing i'm with you just every once in a while you hear of like a 14 year old kid who goes into a lake and like oh no he's in the hospital for 13 days so he's a brain eating amoeba
0: <laughs> to be fair He's usually going into a man-made like
1: uh, Andy, I'm just saying mm. that if On the mm. level of things that we need to be afraid of mm. I can do something about a shark I, A stingray, I can do this little stingray <laughs> shuffle or whatever What are you going to do about a brain-eating amoeba? No,
0: you're right, you're right. Alex, you're right That's a good point Yeah, Man. you're, right. <laughs> that's a really yeah, you're not right, Here, you're not wrong On the list
1: of things to be afraid of It gets way little, too little coverage You're not wrong Yeah.
0: Uh, Alright, I'm going to end this hot take segment Thank With <laughs> something that I think we can all get behind Okay I'm going to look at my camera and I'm going to look at everybody out there and I'm going to tell you this flavored coffee creamer is an abomination and needs to be eradicated from this world. In fact, most coffee, all coffee creamers, you should just drink your coffee black, but if you do have to put things in it for heaven's sake, do not put a peppermint mocha flavored thing (laughs) from silk or whatever it is. Please just buy that, buy everything you can and pour it down the drain because it does not deserve to be around yeah that's fine that's what i'm saying yeah.
2: I, that's something i could have gone with baseball or you cannot you cannot take my sweet cream yeah. coffee creamer from you're you. one of those guys get it out of here man <laughs> cool <laughs> it's not real it's not real it's a figment <laughs> yeah try right, it <laughs> out of my hands we're gonna
0: save some more of these hot takes because i do have some about chili uh but we don't have a whole lot of time right now yeah um so we're gonna save some of these hot takes sure, that's, How's fine. That? that's great okay yeah Chili doesn't deserve to be on macaroni. Okay, let's All right. go. Let's uh, go. On spaghetti. All right, uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to be back with the topic du jour. See you in a minute. Thank you so much for joining us here at Bay Hope TV, whether you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to us on any one of our podcast providers. And if you're interested in getting connected more with Bay Hope Church, you can head over to bayhope.com at any point, or look us up on our socials at Bay Hope Church. We would love to get the chance to talk with you, meet with you, connect with you, and engage with you. We're just taking a minute to gather ourselves after our our chat between the break... Our which, commercial
1: breaks are... Uh, ra- rowdy. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> are far and away the best time that we've
0: <laughs> If you only knew, if you could only see what happened behind the scenes, you would, uh, you'd laugh in our faces. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, we are currently in a series. Uh, we started last week. Actually, we got a really good response. Um, thanks to everybody that responded. Yeah. That commented like it, Holy was, cow. it was really cool. Uh, we got phone calls and text messages and, yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. So thanks everybody for responding and for engaging with us and, and chatting with us. Um, some of the things actually w- really stuck out and we can kind of get to those. I, I kind of want to do a wrap up maybe in a couple of episodes because we've still got two other things to talk about. But we're in this series called Is Church Dead? Um, and the title itself is a little clickbaity. Like, I, That's my disclaimer. I understand that. However, it it is responding to the common notion that people are leaving the church in droves. Mm-hmm. And so last week, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I'll, where's my camera? I'll put a link up there. I'll put a card right there. You can click on, or it'll be in the show notes. Uh, you can go and watch it and respond and comment and love and have fun. Um, but, There is a common misconception that people are leaving the church in droves, and I say it's a misconception because there are a lot of people that are still in the church, and the church, the the short answer is no, the church is not dead, however, the way we're doing church right now is changing, Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is kind of a dead feeling to it, and so last week we talked about the state of church music of worship music, kind of the
1: one of the things we touched on.
0: Yeah. I mean, we touched on a lot of things. We touched on dummies and and museums (laughs) of science and industry and all that, but, but we touched on the idea that worship music itself might be a little bit stale. Mm. Um, and so we had our resident, uh, director of worship here, Mike Mage to kind of comment on that. That's him. Uh, (laughs) visual gags. Mm -hmm. Um, but today we wanted to switch a little bit. Um, oh, thanks for starting that. Um, we want to switch gears just a little bit and we wanted to talk about pastoral leadership because a lot of what happens in church, the church life is your church becomes known by who your pastor is and for better or for worse, uh, that's just a lot of times what
1: happens. Well, especially in like our culture. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like, it is very much driven, the like mega church culture, whatever. Yes. is driven by like a central personality.
0: Even, but even... Even mid to smaller sized churches, mm-hmm. the totally it is. Well, I go to Pastor So and so's church, yeah. Uh, the name or the name I go to this church. Oh, well, that's Pastor So and so's mm-hmm. church, and that's on one hand, that's great and that's redeeming because if that pastor is doing God well, honoring it makes work, sense, it,
1: to a certain extent, it, 100%. Yeah.
0: Again, you in the break, we were talking about something different, but you said humans find a need to categorize,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and but that's true, so that it's just an innate categorization, but a lot of times churches start to die because the pastor that is the leader that is pastor so-and-so becomes unhealthy and begins to fall away from his or her own faith and they end up getting into lots of trouble Mm -hmm. and they can they can And then they fall away from the faith and then they drag other people away from the faith with them, thereby making that church feel like it's dead. And we have a lot of examples, but I kind of wanted to kick it out to Justin and to Mike today. Why are pastors and leader church leaders so bad at taking care of themselves? What is the, what's, why is self-care not talked about in the church? Yeah. More than, more than it should be or more than it is right now.
1: I think that there's certain issues that we have trouble dealing with uh, just as like humans in general. Um, but then like you start to wrap faith in around with that. Mm -hmm. Um, any, you know, I, I I don't think there's any like specific passages where that's not true. There is. Um, and we can talk about that in a minute. Um, Hmm. but, uh, Oh my gosh, I lost complete lost of thought. This is a really great podcast. Um cool. Pastors. Here, yes, thank you. Um, I think the problem mm-hmm. is, is we we begin to identify so it's kind of like the poverty principle, where a lot of Christians think they can't have money or they can't be rich because of maybe certain misconceptions they have about the Bible, or you know, even like the the kingdom of God comes to those poor in spirit or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, like this this poverty mentality, um, like, that's something that is, is prevalent within Christian culture. Um, all You know, along the same sort of lines would be like this suffering mentality, mm-hmm. where, and like this less of me, less of me, less of me, um, where, you know, like, oh, I can't think about myself. It's got to be all about others, all mm-hmm. about others, all about others. Um, I mean, look at what Jesus, Jesus literally died for other people. Mm-hmm. And while I agree with you, and I'm, I'm totally, I'm on board with that, um, Jesus was also the son of God hmm. um, and like perfectly man, but also like a hundred percent God as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's an issue with that statement. Um, but yeah, I think we, we begin to identify with like this suffering mentality um, and we, we almost like pervert kind of this idea of like what suffering means. Hmm. And I also do think that it takes someone who is emotionally healthy, who has a stable uh, foundation who has a stable community around them to help deal with that tension because I do think that it is it is a tension mm. like I've uh, Kristen and I have been watching uh, well uh, her you know she really likes the show and there's there's some really good parts about it. it's problematic but like there are some good parts about it but queer eye mm. and like if you watch episode after episode it does like a lot of the same thing so they pick out these people who all do like really good things and who are working their, their butts off. I mean, like they are literally working themselves to death. Whatever it is, taking care of orphans, you know, like restaurant business, you know, people who are just like, who have gone through this really terrible thing, whatever, you know, like they are they can be pretty inspiring stories. Um, and like they all do the same thing. It's people who like don't know how to take care of themselves, whether it be like physically or visually or whatever. Um, And then they come in and sort of like, basically the whole message is the same. Like you need to take time for yourself. Mm. Um, And the tension that I'm talking about is like, we end up deifying the idea of self-care. That's where I think we we go into like a, a very strange territory. When we begin to like say, well, you know, you just need to take care of yourself. That's all you need to do It's like, no, yes, you need to take care of yourself. But like, that is not it. <laughs> and it looks a lot of different ways than just saying like, oh, I need to take like a 10 minute break here or like, oh, I need to take a day off or whatever. Like it is farther reaching than a lot of this stuff is. Um, so, you know, I just, I think it the tension is real. Um, and instead of um especially like church leadership, maybe having a good foundation and framework to deal with that tension, we end up just like f- going one of the one of the two ways mm. you know i it's it's fascinating so so yeah I, I, sorry, I just saw something that just said complicated yeah like this it is this is a complicated topic yes yes yeah. so i and i I
0: may have botched kind of the intro here because there's a lot of there's a lot of competing thoughts trying to squeeze through the doorway with this one for me. And because I initially, I brought this up to you a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to talk about self-care from a pastoral sense. Yes, because it's it's almost working out some of the things that I have in my own heart. Um, <laughs> I uh, I stopped my, and this is full disclosure, but I stopped uh, a little bit of, so I've been on a uh, an anti-anxiety medication uh, called Lexapro and I stopped it right around October because uh, I figured like, ah, I'm good. And I kind of tapered off my counseling as well. I've only been to counseling. I had only been to counseling twice when I had been doing it every other week. So from October till the end of December and Christmas hit the end Christmas ended. So everything's like this ramp up. And I I was aiming at Christmas and was doing the thing and yada, yada, yada. And then I don't want to say I hit a a mental break, but my wife and I hit, I hit a mental break and then she suffered the consequences of it. Mm. And it wasn't like anything like there was no moral failing or nothing like that it was just it it was definitely like um it's the ups and downs of all that stuff and it was the down like it was you hit the mountaintop of christmas Mm -hmm. we were running on adrenaline and then instead of letting myself back away and recharge it was like well i work this other job i'm just going to continue to work all the Mm -hmm. way through i do this at at church i'm just going to continue to do that and my wife finally and there was a couple you know there was talks and arguments and all sorts of stuff behind the scenes but She finally had to sit down and say, you need to go back into counseling and you need to get back on your medication. And so I'm back on my medication. Like it's going to, it takes a while to work itself through the system. And I have, I myself have noticed in even just these preceding three and a half weeks, like I'm going back through my journaling. I'm going back through all my meditations. I'm going back through these things and I'm seeing like, oh yeah, I don't know why I stopped that because, uh, I'm reading this Carrie new article and it's titled. Kerry Newhoff, uh, is a, if you don't know who he is, he's a, he used to be a pastor. Now he runs his own kind of leadership company. He does a really good blog, uh, podcast twice like a, a week. He's a church
1: strategist almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's,
0: he's really cool. Um, a little Kerry goes a long way. Um, absolutely. But he, uh, he wrote a blog post. This is five or six years ago. Five reasons pastors fail morally and what to watch out for in your own life. And again, I, I'm never going to stand up and say like, Oh, I'm never going to morally fail. Cause like, right. We're not that, but like some of the things he's saying in this article, like okay, I'm not, I'm not that way. But he starts talking about burnout. He starts talking about uh, running yourself into exhaustion. He starts talking about your own faith journey and mm-hmm. how pastors have almost a messiah complex. Yeah, that God has given me. So you talk about poverty. Uh-huh. There is a shepherding feeling about what a pastor or church leader does. Yeah. and I have that same thing. There's a messiah complex of I'm going to do it all. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to do this, that, or the other. And then you come up to.
1: Well, like, and again, you even, you again, you begin to deify the mission. Correct. Rather than like, actually serving God and serving the people that God has given you. You're serving (laughs) the mission. Right. I was like, that's not, that's not it. Right. And then,
0: and then you tell yourself, Oh, it's okay Mm -hmm. for a season. This is okay. So like I told myself during October to December, like, I don't know, man, that medication is like making me feel a little cloudy when it wasn't the medication. (laughs) Uh, it was my own stupid (laughs) stuff. And, um, I don't have time for counseling. And so I just need to keep going and keep going. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to do this. I'm like doing all these things. Look at, look at what I'm doing for my family. God, look how well I'm taking care of my family. And then you look back three or four months later and you go, oh, I was laying waste to Mm. everything behind me. And so my wife and I are working through that. She's a saint. Um, like she's very, very kind and very gentle with all of it. Um, but where I was going with that was this was actually written back in 2015, which is crazy because it's only gotten worse than this. <laughs> he he then links to an article with a guy named Tolian, Tolian Division, <coughs> who is Billy Graham's grandson or step or uh, grandson-in-law, okay. I guess, yeah. who was the pastor of a very large church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who was an adulterer and
1: she did not. After his, this article?
0: Well, he he wrote this okay. because, because of Tolly and uh, and came out, okay. but he's not the only I'm pastor in the past 15 years. How many pastors can we think of that?
1: I mean, we have one in our history or shared history,
0: yeah. a couple. Not not here at Bejo. Yeah, no, please yeah. not here at <laughs> uh, in our, from a church we used to attend, mm-hmm. um, a couple pastors. Yeah. And anyway, there is a, so anyway, I want to get to what Tolly and says and then yeah. we can kick this around, but he says, um he he went through a bunch of counseling and this is six or seven years later he writes this thing and like we're all sinners we're all and so like i write i look at this stuff and like there's that cynical part of me that goes oh yeah this is the reason church is dying because we have guys in leadership that fall morally like mark driscoll Mm -hmm. or something that then think that they can stand up in front of a congregation and be trusted again and like Church is dying because people are seeing that and going like, that's inauthentic. You're just doing that for money and power and fame. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, there is that. He says, I was unfaithful to my wife and duplicitous with those who trusted me. And therefore I deserve to lose both my marriage and my ministry. Cool. Very self-aware, very all this. Again, he is, um, he's very, he's a Faultier. writer. Yeah, yeah, he's very, he's a writer. He says, I later on, he says, um, I can make that confession now because it was far from my lips at first. And then he says, I accelerated into full salvation mode. I did everything I could to quote unquote, rescue myself from the destruction I'd caused. I selfishly frantically wandered into the wilderness of lies I'd chosen to inhabit. I was a lost sheep who fled from the shepherd rather than blaming myself for all the hurt I caused. I pointed fingers in every direction, including heavenward. And then this is the thing that really got me rather than clinging to the cross, I wasted time building yet another tower of vanity. And that this this kicked me right. He he said. Um, so I knew I was bad. I, I suppose the ugly things that crawled up out of me. Yada yada yada. I was known for saying that God loves bad people because bad people are there. All they uh, are all that there are. So I knew I was bad. I just didn't know I was that bad. And I read that and I pushed myself back from my my desk and I was like, oh, there is a level in the church world right now where in post or. I, I, we're not post pandemic. We're mid pandemic. Where are we? Who knows? Pandemic. Yeah. In the pandemic, where pastors have been doing the same thing that I've been doing, that you've been doing, that Justin's been doing, that Austin's been doing for the last two plus years mm-hmm. of, we're running hard. Yeah. We are running so hard right now. And I did it in October. Like that was just kind of the height of it. And then you push yourself back and you go, oh, I was bad. I didn't realize I was that bad. Yeah. What it's damage collateral could, damage? What? Yeah. What damage? thankfully my wife and my kids are forgiving, loving people, Mm -hmm. but like what damage could I have done to God's church? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just took a whole bunch of time there, but (laughs) this is the reason that I think, you know, self-care has been such a hot topic in modern culture. Yeah. You look at in, especially in sports, um, Naomi Osaka. Mm -hmm. Naomi Osaka? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then even Kevin Love, back mm-hmm. before that, there was there's been a, there have been a number of athletes who have Simone come Biles. up. Simone Biles, same thing, like that have ha- started having these mental breaks, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are calling them weak, right? But there are also a lot of people that are going, "Thank you for bringing this out into the world," and yeah. yet the church world is awful at talking yep. about this stuff. Yep. Why is that? Um, that was a long winded way of me <laughs> asking that question. I'm so sorry. Well, I just I, I was do wasted th- a whole bunch of time.
1: I do. I don't think you wasted time. I do think that there's like in this topic that we're talking about of basically his church dying, like the inability to properly name and label some of this stuff. Um, and not only that, but like, it's like, um, you know, like something happens. Cause I'm telling my boys, uh, Caleb just did something. Um, last night or a couple nights ago or whatever. And I was like, it's not just that you did this. Like you always need to tell me the truth. Mm. It's when you cover up the truth. I said, mm, and the truth the might, yeah, the truth might get you in trouble. Yep. And like, you're going to have to own that. The cover up is worse mm. than truth. But like, anytime you lie about this, it is, it, it magnifies the, the, whatever the wrong was. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I think that that's kind of, that's, that's one layer of this problem, because, like, we were just, we were just reading an article, or, or, you know, part of the reason we're talking about this is how many, what, like, 37% of 38%. Past, 38% of pastors, what, in the past year? Uh, yeah,
0: and this was November 16th, 2021.
1: Yeah, so, w- within the past year, over a third of pastors have thought about quitting full-time ministry. I have. <clears throat> and, like, I just, I, like, there, so, I don't think that that's all. Like that's the same problem of covering it up. Like we just we don't have language to properly name and label some of this stuff because like so much else is tied into this. Mm-hmm. And so we were just watching, you know, um, something. Will, will,
0: um, John Mark Comer and... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no,
1: not that. Um, John Mark Comer in his art of teaching uh, yes. class or whatever yeah. so was talking about how like you know, pastors, he was talking about, you know, creating a talk that he was going to give other pastors and speakers, but like trying to, um, connect people to a a shared feeling. Um, and he was saying, you know, like one of the shared feelings that a lot of he, whenever he speaks with a lot of pastors is talking about, you know, it's real in vogue right now to talk about how, people, and even rightly so, have been hurt by pastors in churches. You know, like, there have been a lot of pastors in churches. I mean, historically speaking, Christianity has done some really messed up things. Like, very, very messed up. Not disqualifying that or discrediting that. However, a pastor cannot stand in front of people and, and accurately say, my my congregants have wounded me like deeply, hmm. um, and and be, and that inability to actually talk about that without a looking weak or b looking manipulative, yeah. um, is is very damaging. Yeah, um, and like because you. How do you properly share about that while also trying to lead, which like I, I get it. Like I understand the complicated nature of that. We're like, I'm trying to lead these people spiritually, but if my, if this facade cracks at all, then, and it doesn't look like I have things put together, how in the world am I going to lead them? Mm. You know, um, because I, I'm the only one that's in charge of leading them or yep. whatever, you know, like, which is, is wrong. Um, you are not the only person who is leading them. <laughs> um, so I, I think that this, it's such an interwoven, complicated, complex problem, um, that is like leading to like a lot of these offshoots where like people don't want to be a part of that. You know, um, I think when you can, when you come across someone, not just a pastor, but anybody who has a healthy foundation, who has a healthy network, who has um a solid foundation with Jesus obviously but also like a high emotional intelligence hmm. um that person immediately makes you uh less anxious and less uneasy and and puts you like in a more comfortable spot hmm. um the problem is is that Uh, People in church leadership have done a really, really good job at whitewashing and scrubbing, you know, their Instagram feeds and, um, you know, creating, you know, uh, not just a social media team, but like, uh, what's like another word for like, almost like a content management team. And um, which again, not all inherently bad, but also like the larger these things get, um, the more impersonal and like. The more removed from actual reality they become.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. The the thing, and I want to I want us to leave with a couple of things, but I guess Justin, before we do that, I want to kick to you. Um, why are you so bad with self care? No, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, When I think about Justin, I think man, that guy needs some help. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that guy, guy has nothing
0: going on. Whoa, he uh, needs some help bad. He needs to get a counselor. <laughs> what is it? Jesus and a counselor. <laughs> yeah. No, the. Justin, the idea that the church is bad at talking about self care. If you had to say, "I'm going to fix it that way," like, what would you? What's like one of your first offerings that you would give to the church to say, like, "Hey, maybe try talking this way, or maybe try
2: doing this." Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, I'm not a. I'm obviously I'm not a psychologist, so what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Since when? But, we so, are. Oh, uh, yeah, we're so, giving out yeah, free advice know, here. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, cause like it's a, it's a church. I feel like the obvious answer is, um, I'm using that word a lot right now. Obviously, obviously, but, obviously. Um, I, I do, th- I, I mean, with it being a church, of course, you are gonna think like, oh, well, um, you know, yeah, you have to, you know, trust more in God, put more trust in God than in yourself. And then that takes a lot of the, um, the pressure off yourself and, hmm. Um, and that, and that almost feels like kind of a cliche answer, but I feel like there really isn't a better answer than that. Of Hmm. course, there's, there's always, um, you know, other stuff that you can do in conjunction with that to help. Um, but I think with that being the foundation, um, there really is no other way where, um, I feel like. If you look at it with pairing that with a bunch of other things is amazing. But if you have all of those other great things without that, it's going to end the same way. Um by other things. Um, I mean, you know, actually you know, like getting help with um, you know, going to a psychologist or a counselor or, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um really just kind of like taking care of yourself in that way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you know, all of that doesn't mean anything unless you have that foundation yep, yep. and then they can work together once you do have that. So, yeah. um, I know that pastor Matthew talks about that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess, I guess that would be my answer. Um, that's good. What do you think? No, that's good. I, I, I think you're a hundred, hundred thousand percent
0: correct. Uh, there we go. E- episode over. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I did, I wanted to, um, as we kind of round the bend here, self-care is incredibly tough to talk about. Uh, and that's not just for pastors and leaders. There are pastors and leaders that listen to this and watch this. So thanks for doing that. Um, thanks for being with us and thanks for being part of the weekday army. But if you have kids, you're a leader. If you are a teacher, you're a leader. If you go to work, you're technically a Christian leader, anybody, or if, anything that you're doing, you are, you are a leader. You are leading, you are influencing somebody. Leadership is just all about influence. You are always leading somebody. And self-care is one of those things that we can't just push to the back burner because there is collateral damage, because there are things, it may not happen eventually, but there is a slow drift that starts to happen. And pretty soon you look back and you go, I don't know how I got here. And so I want to run through these five things real quick that Carrie talks about in this article the warning signs, sign warning sign that you are headed for. He says moral failure, but in general, in general, that you need some help, right? And as I'm reading these, if you, if we can help you in any way, obviously you can reach out to any one of us on socials. We have our email address down there. It's all confidential type stuff. We want to help you. We have a care team that can help you in anything because the church is not dead. And we show the world that the church is not dead by helping those Mm -hmm. around us. Yeah. So number one, if you're choosing isolation over community, that's a warning sign. I'm an introvert. I would love to just sit in my closet and play video games all day. But at a certain point, I also crave community. Mm -hmm. If you're choosing isolation, choosing to hide things, that's a sign. Number two, you've stopped confessing your sins that's to god but that's also to your spouse if you have one or you're not necessarily your kids but a trusted confidant yeah number three i'm not thinking of the consequences if you're not thinking of the consequences of every single not a, i mean th- theoretically every single action but realistically the big actions the big things no, and like that's apathy correct yeah when you sin you desire the action but not the consequences yeah. that's how he opens it number four i think the rules don't apply to me that's a wishy-washy one because that's Because they don't apply to me. Exactly. Also, those that are in more (laughs) levels of power are going to think that the rules don't apply to them Mm -hmm. more. And number five, this is the big one, I see failure as my best escape. Failure being, well, I just quit my job and that means I failed at that, but cool, that's the only way I escape. Or, I'm going to start talking to X person, that's going to lead me into a relationship yeah. That's the only way you I just, can get out
1: of my whatever. It's basically like self-destruction. Correct.
0: Yeah. And those, so that's like one to five in ascending order. If any one of those are applying to you, we want to help you. Uh, obviously, we've got stuff, like I said, all the contact information. Which one of those jumps out to you in the last couple of seconds we have here?
1: I mean, I think the the very first one, isolation, that's the beginning of everything. Correct. When we isolate ourselves, that's when um, the devil can, Satan whoever, enemy, dark forces can really start to play mind games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we begin to start to, it's like a self, self-fulfilling self prophecy yep. start to come up. We yep. start to see the things that we want to see. Yep. Um, you need people in your life. Everybody needs people in their life that can tell them the truth in love. Um, and... I thankfully like I have a lot of those people, yeah. and I'm very very grateful. I Shut do, up, Mike. Uh, I'm not talking about you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, but like it, I mean, think about it. like I I feel like the reason Pastor Matthew has been able to be successful in his job um, is because it's stuff that he talks about all the time. He has a a group of pastors that he does every like he tells everything to, mm-hmm. um, and and vice versa. They tell yeah, everything to him yeah, too, th- and and it's it's this uh, symbiotic relationship they all have. And shockingly, they're all still in ministry. And they're all you know? healthy in ministry. Uh, yeah. You know, like they all lead churches. They all, I would, I and I don't know all of them very well, but of the ones that I do know, like I would say out of the pastors that I have met, they would be in the category of like, yeah, like this would be a healthy leader. Correct. Yeah. Um, 100%. And so I just, that's to me, that's, and like the... The reason that's number one is because it's easier to take care of a problem when it's a mm-hmm. ping pong ball, and not when it becomes like a giant beach ball. A sun, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: He says at the very end, solitude is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Isolation is a tool yeah. of the enemy.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Solitude is that thing and that you can seek in the morning with when you yeah. need to wake up to the Lord. Right. But isolation is the choice that yeah. you're making to shrink away uh-huh. from people.
1: Yeah. Solitude is intentional. Right. Um, isolation is escapism. Right. Um, and I like it's again like this whole topic. Of self care is so complicated and complex that, like, it can go one way to where you deify it or like you completely run away from
0: 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Uh, we're going to wrap up the episode here. We've been rambling on uh, a while here. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, you coming along with this journey. Do us a favor if you made it this far. Thanks. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give us the old thumbs up button right under there. If you are not subscribed to Bay Hub Church, maybe considering subscribing. Or hit the dislike
1: button. No one sees the numbers, but like it'll still play into the (laughs) algorithm that you engage with it. So just hit one of them. I don't really care.
0: I I don't know that that's true.
1: I think it is.
0: (laughs) Mike's an SEO scientist over here. Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, We're going to be back next time with another Is Church Dead topic. Um, Here's a spoiler. The church is not dead. God's church is... What? I know. I know. I know. (laughs) What? I did it. I spoiled it. God's church is not dead. It is very much alive. However, we want your input and your advice as to how we can continue to revolutionize what Jesus' church actually looks like. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.